This week on the Cynical Optimist podcast... It's Harrison v. Mads in Indiana Jones 5. It's Tim versus Tim as Epic takes on Apple. And we talk hashtag Restore the Snyderverse in our discussion. Hello and welcome back to the Cynical Optimists. It's Shazam, except we're not secretly children, we're just childish adults. I am <laughs> Phil. And I am Nick. And I am Jane. Uh, and this is the podcast where we talk about the film, TV and gaming news of the week. And in the second half, we talk about a recent topic from popular culture. I'm really excited to be back doing the show. So we've got two guests. Well, we've got a guest this week. So we've got our usual co-host, Nick. And we have James, uh, who is a friend of the show and a Snyder fan, because this week we're going to be talking about hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. So you would have seen, if you are subscribed to us on your favourite podcast app, that last week we released a review of um, the Snyder Cut. So this week, rather than go over the Snyder Cut too much, we're going to talk about, obviously, the release, the feedback, and what the Restore the Snyder Cut campaign would actually mean. But first, let's kind of go through as... James is your our guest. How are you? Uh, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, um, I would also like to say I'm a more of a DC fan, um, and obviously I, I enjoy the Snyderverse for the most part, apart from that one film, those two films. Sorry, that happened. Um, but yeah, I'm good. He's only done three. <laughs> I was talking Suicide Squad and oh, okay, Batman right. Superman. <laughs> okay, Dawn gotcha. of Justice. I love Man of Steel. I'll happily talk about Man of Steel. How great it was. Uh, but you doing all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm just enjoying a Sunday nice Sunday morning. And Nick, how are you? Well, I'm very well, pod- thank you. Yeah, I've not um... spoken to you since December because we only ever speak on this show. Which, That's which... true. Yeah, <laughs> who are you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, good. It's a beautiful day. Um, yeah, we're recording early in the morning, so excited to get out into the sunshine later. Yeah, it's nice to be able to go. I think uh, I'm going to go sit in somebody's garden later. <laughs> I think you're doing it as well, Nick. It's, it's nice to be able to get out again. Um, <laughs> it's weird to think that it was almost a year ago that you and I started did a short run of shows, which we called like the stay-at-home shows, thinking that was going to be it <laughs> for lockdowns. You know, we could just do a short, you know, seven weeks of looking at streaming shows. Uh, we were so young and innocent, looking forward to looking forward to Dune releasing in cinemas. Yeah, we were, we were so naive back then. Uh, so, uh, in a bit, we'll be chatting about the campaign hashtag Restore the Snyderverse. But first, this. Uh, yeah, I haven't got a lot of TV news this week, um, but I want to start off with um, talking about uh, Helen McCrory, who uh, died this week, only aged 52. Um, she was a wonderful actor. Um, Peaky Blinders was her sort of main thing. Uh, I've watched a lot of those early seasons, and, and she is just one of the highlights in that show. She's done stuff like Skyfall. She's been Harry Potter, obviously, as um, uh, Malfoy's mum. Malfoy's uh Oh, Bellatrix's sister. Yeah, yeah that's right. Um, yeah, what an amazing woman. 
um, and it's it's really really sad to hear that 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 she's passed away. Uh, Damien Lewis, her husband, tweeted um, the announcement. Uh, was that yeah? It was literally two days ago uh, on times of recording. So yeah, very very sad to hear about Hannah McCrory. Um, not a lot else of TV news this week, unless you're interested in Bridgerton. Either of you two watch Bridgerton? <laughs> I didn't. James, did you? My, did you watch? My partner does, and she said, "James, don't watch it." <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they've announced. In fact, I'll read. I'll read the actual announcement that they that they've put out that Netflix put out. Esteemed members of the Ton, it seems we have a rather special announcement. Bridgerton will return for seasons three and four. That's the gist of it. I'm not going to read the whole thing in that voice. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people do love that. So look out for seasons three and four, even though season two hasn't even come out yet. Yay! Uh, Mads Mikkelsen, uh, the busiest man in Hollywood at the moment, has signed on to the new Indiana Jones film. That's on top of being in Fantastic Beasts 3 and 4 and 5, as well as... Um, what else is he doing? He's been in Star Wars, he's been in James Bond. Has he still got a TV show running at the moment? I can't remember. But yeah. is he? Do we know anything about his part in Indiana Jones? Is he going to be nope. kind of... Is he just going to be Mads Mikkelsen plays the villain? Or is he I imagine he'll be the villain. Yeah. Uh, I imagine he'll be the villain. Or, because obviously the only other confirmed actor we've had is Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Um, I'd quite like if they did a twist and maybe cast her as a villain. Because um, I don't think we've seen that yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe Mads Mikkelsen is a kind of red herring. That'd be fun. Um, I mean, this is this is shaping up to be a pretty cool cast. Uh, and, and crew, to be honest. James Mangold, director of Logan, is doing it. John Williams is returning to compose. I'm I'm actually kind of cautiously excited about this one. Um, let's just I mean, hope it isn't another Crystal Skull. <laughs> I mean, one of us was going to make that. I I was literally about to say, is it is it a low blow to say at least it shouldn't be as bad as the fourth one? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No word on Shia LaBeouf returning on this one, but there we go. Ah, uh, they were. It was such tells you what a different time that that was. That they were like, Sheila Booth could be the new Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. Fresh off Transformers. Yeah. Wow, that what year was that? That's like what, two thousand nine maybe? Oh wait. Eight was it? Yeah. Uh-huh. Two thousand and eight. When Shia LaBeouf had yeah, like you said, Transformers. I love Shia LaBeouf. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> crazy man. Crazy man. There's been a bit of more information on Spider Man No Way Home. I was still a little bit um, cynical as to the the whole Alfred Molina casting, but he's actually come out and spoken a bit about it this week, confirming that Doctor Octopus will indeed return for this film. Um, and but he hasn't really sort of clarified whether it's going to be a, a returning of the Spider Man Two universe version. But he has said it was interesting coming back after seventeen years to set to play the same role. He said, in the intervening years, I now have two chins, a wattle, crow's feet, and a slightly dodgy lower back. So he's, uh, yeah, a little bit older than he was when he played him in that role. But he says he's looking forward to it. So that's good. I'm really excited to see this. Yeah. And I, it's it's going to be interesting when this first trailer, which I'm assuming will come out somewhere in the next few months, mm. and how much it actually gives away. Because Marvel films when they're done right, can have trailers that seem to give away a lot, but actually give away nothing. Looking at, like, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 
which the trailer's full of all this stuff and then you realise it only covers the first 20 minutes of the film hmm. um, I think at some point one of the Marvel things will have to do multiverse I think they've been teasing it too much to not do it now Yeah, because obviously WandaVision and then, well even the last Spider-Man film the whole thing was that he said he's from a different dimension and then he just wasn't and then of course we got J. Jonah Jameson played by J.K. Simmons at the end of that film so do yeah. we think do we think because uh, obviously Jamie Foxx has, has made the official announcement that he's returning as Electro as well do we think these characters are continuations of those universes or have they just kept the same casting in the same way they did it for, for J.K. Simmons and to an extent with um, uh, Evan Peters do you think it's just continuity casting or do you think it's actually an in-universe multiverse kind of thing I don't know because everyone got really annoyed by the whole Evan Peters thing when it turned out mm. he was just what Ralph Boner. I don't think it was. I don't think it was. <laughs> it was a Boner joke. <laughs> the I don't. I don't think it was the what actually happened. I think it was the execution. Yeah, I don't. I it could go either way at this point. It's a bit difficult to a bit difficult to say. I would. I've seen a theory out there that um because of the snap. Like everything that we've seen, like multiverse crossovers, like Evan Peters, J.K. Simmons, has happened post snap, and maybe the snap has something to do with bringing. Um, that's how they'll like link it in the snap backed backing everyone in Endgame, will bring J.K. Simmons, Jamie Fox, and all those other people in. Yeah, and that's how they're gonna reference it. That is a very good point because they were hopping through alternate universes in um, in Endgame. Uh, there was also this isn't this doesn't fall into this week's news, but a couple of weeks ago we had a new trailer for Loki, and um, they obviously refer to him as a variant throughout the entire trailer. Like this variant is is could this variant be a good guy kind of thing, and and that kind of implies that all the versions of of Loki are kind of accessible by the time variants authority, and you get different versions, some of which has had the redemption arc of our original. Uh, original timeline Loki and some of them are obviously spin-offs that ended up being that carried on being evil or whatever um, so yeah who knows Loki's such a weird one for me yeah <laughs> I, I haven't seen any trailers for it because I don't really want to spoil it, um, oh, okay. and it unlike unlike WandaVision and Winter Soldier which I was hyped for I'm nothing for Loki I'm not expecting anything and I'm I'm at the moment I'm like oh it's like a week, month away isn't it and a bit of me is like oh I wonder how that is going to go after Winter Soldier's like like next mm. episode, the last latest episode. Have you both seen it? Yeah. yeah. And not to spoil anything, but it is amazing, and the way they tie up a lot of things and they set up a lot of things. But not just next episode, but maybe season two. Yeah. Um, that, that that was my favorite episode so far. Yeah. Early. I think Disney are nailing the TV format, and I hope they stick with it, even when cinemas get back online or offline. Yeah. Although <laughs> there was that cynical part of my brain, especially you both saw the post-credits scene as well. Yes. Uh, hero gets to fight himself, but evil still manages <laughs> to find his way back into the final episode. Uh, no. you're right, you're right. I didn't even. It kind of it kind of passed me by slightly. No, because because I guess he was in it the whole season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and also I was a bit like I want to. It is classic mystery box writing, but I did want to see what was. I'm guessing that's just Sam's new suit in that box. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, but I wanted to see it, so yeah. I was like, damn, but, cut to black. I mean, the, first... the, the slightly irritating thing is, I, I, I have, I think I have seen it because of 
various. It, oh, it was probably Pop Funkos and all that that released it or leaked it a couple of uh, months ago. So I, I do know vaguely what it looks like. So I was like, just open the case. He's, I might <laughs> chip it. So I liked Sam's uh, suit flat has been in the last four episodes, five episodes. Sorry. I actually yeah. really like that suit. Um, and not to like spoil too much, but I really hate the first 10 minutes. I really don't like how Bucky is just super underpowered. He should mm. be able to take on John Walker 1v1. He took on Steve 1v1. Yeah. Mm. So, but he's just like, come on. Is he still is he still holding back a little bit because of his therapy and all that? That's, that's yeah, that's what mind. I'd say. Is maybe yeah. he's, he's holding back because he doesn't want to risk ending up just injuring this guy that is Captain America regardless. I did really enjoy that line where he, um, where when John Walker said, "You guys don't want to do this," and he's just like, "Yeah, we do." <laughs> yeah. He sees the blood oh, really? on the shield, and he's just like, "You hurt my best friend's yeah. memory." Yeah, that shield King. covered in blood was just like a yeah, shocking bit of imagery, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah, cracking show. Yeah, well, I'm oh, excited. So one, one left. Yeah, only one. Season left. two, season two, man. Hopefully. I'm <laughs> I'd quite like to, I'd quite like to see them get a film next. To be honest, I I feel like this I kind of wanted to see as a film because after every episode ends, I'm kind of just like keep it rolling. And whereas I think WandaVision was a bit more TV structured, if you see what I mean, because it kind of yeah because of the formatting and because every episode was a different era kind of thing. Like it felt... they they literally could have made this a fourth Captain America film because it does yeah. have a Captain America in it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. However, I feel like we've got a lot more character development. We've seen a lot more of the villains and a lot more depth into the villains. And they're not even villains; they're morally grey characters. Like Carl, yes. Carly, and the Flag Smashers are have a righteous cause in some ways. But even Sam says, you know, I I agree with your fight, but yeah, you're you're the way you're doing it is terrible. And then the U.S. government are also morally grey in the fact that they a just make John Walker what he is, and then go. Nah, we don't want you anymore. And then also mm. with the whole, we're just wanting to move refugees everywhere. And a lot of pe- a lot of people pointing out the irony of John Walker being in like Germany, telling the Wakandans they don't have jurisdiction there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but the Wakandans, like they also badass line like the Dura. I forgot. I can't say the name, but that like, we have jurisdiction wherever we find Dora ourselves. Malaji. But yeah. more so like. That's not how that works. <laughs> that's, that's a really bad way of thinking about it. <laughs> I guess it's kind of like that scene in the in, in Black Panther in the very opening scene where they just rock up at that apartment in in America. Um, they, they just yeah <laughs> yeah. It's like cool line, but cool motive, but still murder. Yeah, <laughs> still legal. <laughs> yeah, I was quite surprised they didn't kill. Um, by the way, sorry, ma- massive spoilers in the end of oh, yeah, Falcon Winter Soldier. I think we said, oh, no spoilers, but <laughs> uh, we can put a we can put a little bit in the description. Yeah, um, put some in the notes. <laughs> oh, sorry, it's a good show. <laughs> uh, have you guys seen the trailer, the newest trailer for Army of the Dead? No, not yet. Uh, this links into our sort of main discussion today. This is um, Zack Snyder's new film, which I think looks really fun. Um, Zombie army in Las Vegas, and they're all quippy. There's a zombie tiger. It looks fun. Um, it's kind of a lot of people have been saying it's like if if Zack Snyder actually made the Suicide Squad movie, this is kind of what it would look like. <laughs> but then I think his his first um, his first one was well received, wasn't it? For the of oh, the Dead uh, series. Yes, was it Day of the No Day of the Dead? No, I think you. I think it might be Day. Dawn of the Dead. You're right. Oh, Dawn it was, of the oh, Dead. That was that was sixteen, seventeen years ago. Mad. 
Damn. <sighs> yeah, it's good to see he's kind of like taking on projects that he sort of wants to do. Mm. I think that I think that's nice. My last bit of news, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd do a fill and end with a sort of um, stranger story of the week. Um, do you guys know about uh, like NFTs, this this yeah. very 2021 thing that's going around and people trade, people selling this sort of original digital art as, as for crazy amounts of money? Um, well, the first, um, this is the first N- NFT character that's been signed for a TV and a film. Um, but uh, from an artist called Mika Johnson, it's called Aku, and it's this little um, black astronaut. Um, so yeah, it, it, it looks it's a nice little bit of art. Um, I'm sure the art style will translate well to TV and film, but I don't really understand what NFTs are. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I've kind of read up on it. The thing is, it's trying to. Because everyone knows that, say, the Mona Lisa is unique. Mm. Even if you try to remake that, uh, paint paint a, a complete replica, it still wouldn't be the same. Yeah. This is the idea that you can do it to digital products by adding some kind of barcode, some kind of thing inside its code that makes it unique, in quotes. The original. The original. Problem is, it doesn't, because if you copy and pasted it, you still end up with two copies. And they're still exactly the same. And also, if we were to take every original, it would be export one final dot final dot final dot final. And as a result, people are calling it like just a bit of a waste of money because at the end of the day, you're not really getting anything. Unlike art, which you can obviously hang in your home, hmm. and you know, no one's copying that. There's already been cases of like people have put up a video to be like, oh, you can. This is the NFT of this video I made, and people have just gone on and just downloaded it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no, you could you could get an iPad and just stick it to your wall, and then just have the NFT on there permanently. Yeah, I mean that, because, well, uh, that, that is a very that is a very uh, million person. You'd have to have millions <laughs> to be able to just like hang iPads everywhere. <laughs> yeah, well, it it means you'd be able to change if you're getting bored of it. Just you know, having to say. But um, then, is it is it be, is it like say you were to go onto my laptop? Would you just drag a file, not copy it? Would you would would it, would it have to be the original if you dragged it onto a USB? Like drag the file without without copying it, like cutting and paste, basically. Well, it's still di- digital from a digital point of view. It doesn't matter. It's still the same. It's exactly the same. Huh. That's the whole where this whole NFT thing falls apart. Because my, my assumption was, because it was Nyan Cat, wasn't it? That was the first sort of big one that went for yeah. crazy amounts of money. My assumption was that was like the original artist didn't even keep that copy on his computer, on his or her computer. I think they... But is that not how it works? Do they not just drag that original file onto a USB what? and they're like, here's your original file kind of thing? They They may not have the original, but it still doesn't take away from the fact that copies... Of it will exist, mm. like, and I I know there's some that obviously try and stick these barcodes or whatever in them, but it still doesn't change the fact that often what happens is it just ends up get, it ends up being a lot of money for something that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, um, but you can right click and see that the origin dated back to a certain time, right? Yeah, I guess so. It, yeah, I, no, I I wouldn't, I personally would not buy an <laughs> NFT 
but I'm not a financial advisor, I should stress this. So, <laughs> listener, if you want to spend your money on the first, there's a lot of the old classic memes doing it, like uh, overly clingy girlfriend or whatever, and like, uh, what was his name? Like, Scumbag Steve is like doing like his original image as like an NFT. If you want to spend all your money on that, go ahead. I mean, there's <laughs> probably better things to be spending your money on. Like Dogecoin. Exactly. I'm looking at the prices of some of these and it's Homer, the Homer Pepe, 320,000. <laughs> Christ. Oh, that's a lot of money. Jesus. Justin Roiland, um, the best I could do um, when he drew the symptoms, oh, 1.6 mil. Oof. That is just its absurd amount of money. I could buy so much. Because also, if, if you print it, it's therefore just a print, isn't it? It's not <laughs> yeah. like you're hanging the original Mona Lisa up. I, anyway. yeah. It'd be more unique to buy a print and get the artist to sign it. Yes. Because that is actually unique, because they're not going to yeah. sign things the exact same way every single time. Mm-hmm. Or get them to write a personalised message, like, you know, the old days of, you know, the to Nick, thank you for being my biggest fan, kind of thing. <laughs> like this, yes. like, regardless of what you can see in, the crypt- in, in, in its code, it's still the same as any copy of it. Yeah, Synop says don't invest in NFTs, invest in Dogecoin. <laughs> we are not right. financial advisors <laughs> I am not at least so what's been happening with video games it's still hard to get a next gen console six months later due to issues of chip shortages it's still rumoured that a new pro switch will come out but we'll have to see uh, I'm tempted to believe there might be a bit of credence to these rumours just by how much they keep popping up. But it depends whether it's real, really worth getting, like a Switch Pro, uh, in quotes, or whether it will be like the 3DS XL and it won't really be worth the money if you've already got like the base console. Uh, so this week there was nothing really explosive or anything like that. So let's start with some updates of two ongoing stories uh, before we go on to a few things that happened this week. So, first up, it's like Godzilla vs Kong if you kind of wanted neither of them to win. It's the ongoing legal case between Apple and Epic Games. (laughs) As a refresher, this started because Epic tried circumventing Apple and Google's payment systems by putting an alternative fee paying system into their Fortnite mobile app, uh, resulting in both Apple and Google removing the game from their stores. Uh, Epic is now suing them both, but the one that seems to be getting the attention, or at least from what I was looking, is this case versus Apple. Uh, The case is set to take place in person, which is uh, interesting considering everything at the moment, uh, on the 3rd of May, because the judge uh, thinks that if everyone is in person, they're less likely to lie, (laughs) (laughs) which is a significant thing for a judge to kind of be worried about. Um, And they've this week released, well, no, a few weeks ago, they released their list of witnesses, uh, this week it was revealed that on it is the CEOs of both companies so both um, Sweeney and Cook will be on the stand for their respective companies This is massive isn't it? I didn't realise quite the extent of what this went to Exactly and it's um, 
it's it's a bit of a um a case that kind of it's here's the here's the thing folks you shouldn't really like be standing major companies you shouldn't be like <laughs> really really going behind one company or the other however if you really lay out the the points of it you could say that in this specific case apple are probably the ones with the argument because epic's argument is that apple's fees and costs and the cut they take is are unjust it's unfair so that's why they did it but apple apple just i say pointing well one apple immediately halved all their fees for the app store like as a preemptive thing because they knew epic were going to say that <laughs> doesn't make you look less guilty but eh. <laughs> um and also they did correctly point out however that the the app store is uh fees and it's you know it's cut is comparable to services such as steam and also i can't help but feel that this would be much more of a credible case if it was an actual small company like fighting the system like why do i have you know we're only a small developer why do we have to pay a little bit of every microtransaction fee to apple but this is epic games who are also a platform holder they make the unreal engine they have the epic game store on pc this feels like two companies duking it out to see who can get more money mm. from you the customer which is why i say don't neither of them are particularly good in quotes so it's like aliens versus predators whoever wins we lose yeah basically <laughs> and the thing is if depending on how this uh ruling goes however the judge sees fit to talk about it at the uh, to declare at the end it could legitimately have impacts not just on the apple store uh, and epic games but depending on how broad their ruling is it could affect every online digital marketplace of what they say so that's why kind of i wanted to kind of highlight it and these list of witnesses are from tons you got top executives from Microsoft, Facebook, Nvidia, loads of major players are going to be coming forward to kind of testify in this. It's become like this massive massive thing. And you can and it's I don't know, it's just very strange when you feel like cuz Epic are being like we're standing up for the little guy. It's like no you're not. <laughs> <laughs> like the little guy may benefit from what you're saying, but you're not this wasn't your main motivation. Your main motivation <laughs> was we want more of the money from the microtransactions from our mobile versions of our apps. <laughs> so, it's the 3rd of May. We will be keeping an eye on this one. We'll be live streaming it here on the Cinecorp's <laughs> YouTube page. Well, we're not financial experts, we're not legal experts, but we will be <laughs> live reacting to the court case, especially through Tim Sweeney's supposed eight hours of testimony. Tim v. Tim. Oh, we just bought up to clause number 316.c. Ooh! We'd have to have, like, you know those uh, sound effects boards, like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Oh. Tim's bringing out a weird little device. Everyone's iPhone is electrocuting them in their pocket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Tim Cook will just take the stand and just start reading people's personal data to them. <laughs> <laughs> What would your daughter say, Sally, 28, from... <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, CD Projekt Red's recent release, Cyberpunk 2077, I don't know if I've heard of it. Recent? Uh, 
is still <laughs> receiving large updates. And this week in an interview of Reuters, CG Project Red president and joint CEO Adam Kaczynski uh, said they were going to continue doing these patches and updates and they're not going to be walking away from the game. So the quote is, uh, I don't see an option to shelve Cyberpunk 2077. We're convinced that we can bring the game to such a state that we can be proud of it and therefore successfully sell it for years to come. So, so No Man's Sky. Yeah, they're doing a No Man's <laughs> Sky, they're doing a Star Wars Battlefront 2. Um, I think this is obviously broadly a good approach because when things like this happen, the people that are probably most screwed over are probably your most ardent fans. Battlefront 2 beca- became like the cult sort of cult game, didn't it? Because of. Well, according to you It is, I'm not the only (laughs) one It's Final State is just a completely different game To its launch state Um, Uh, I don't know what it was at launch But I did play it like a couple of months ago Like for a good couple of weeks And it is really fun to play actually Thank you You Annoyingly I'm replacing Uh, Phil with Jim (laughs) It's actually pretty fun I mean come on, you can play as General Kenobi As well as Grievous And And he's got the little hello there remote It's great Hello there, it's great It's meme-tastic. <laughs> <laughs> but I should also report that this week it was shown that CG Project Rad's sales for last year were more than two, were two and a half times that which they were when The Witcher 3 launched. So, really? No, yeah, so despite, obviously, the bad press the game received at launch and everything like that, Cyberpunk's launch was still massively bigger than The Witcher 3. It's the Keanu Reeves factor. That's what it they're is. doing. That's the only modifications they're doing. They're, they're making every NPC Keanu Reeves. I'd buy it. I think the pandemic also played very well. Uh, yeah. Very I much into it. Gaming in general has seen a massive boom from the pandemic. Mm. Um, especially kind of releases. What like You had Animal Crossing that came out literally so close to the beginning of lockdown. You'd think the Nintendo were acting suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> um, same with Disney Plus here in the UK, wasn't it? Yeah, but uh, apparently it was. A, this was a few weeks ago, but CD Projekt Red are reconsidering their planned Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven multiplayer experience that they were describing as being just like Grand Theft Auto Online. So that may no longer be happening. They're going to be focusing on just making sure Cyberpunk is working and living up to expectations. Mm. Um, and the company has also mentioned the adoption of a new production strategy as reported by Kotaku which includes a diminished focus on promoting games far before they're ready for public consumption believe believe that when I see it I do like that yeah um, but we've all done it haven't we we've all released trailers for things before they're actually ready (laughs) yeah (laughs) but what was it Uh, it's been a few games in the past decade where like they've released like stuff for E3 or something and the game doesn't come out for like four years, five years, and it's like way too long. Way too yeah, long. Avengers. Yeah. Square, Square Enix announced that like three years ago, didn't they? I was going to say they did that with Lord of the Rings MMO that um, actually today I read got cancelled. The MMO yeah, it has been. Amazon planning for it. Um, which is sad because I was actually looking forward to that because they're producing New World, a new MMO. Um, and then they were going to make uh, Lord of the Rings MMO. Which I was excited for, but it got cancelled today. But they've announced that like what three, four years ago. Hmm. So, I'm I mean, I'm no game developer by any stretch of the imagination, but I assume they're pretty far into it, surely. After three, yeah, four years, 
there must be a decent amount of stuff that is getting shelved there. Like, there or... wasn't a room full of developers just twiddling their thumbs. <laughs> or maybe it's getting integrated into the New World game, which is coming out later this year. Maybe, yeah. Um, although with Cyberpunk, when you kind of line all these things up, obviously making Cyberpunk playable... Uh, maybe easing off on the other stuff and going for a new production strategy of not announcing games till much later, it does make me think that, well they they already do this to an extent with The Witcher 3, but I think uh, Cyberpunk will be the latest Skyrim and GTA 5 that is just released on every system once it's fixed like they're just going to keep re-releasing The Witcher 3 and Cyberpunk <laughs> over and over to give them more way, leeway to make new games without having to announce them and that's mostly fine it works for um it works for rock, rock star games so who can really complain but where's gta 6 well they're supposedly they're working on it isn't it but i did it still baffles me that the ps5 it was a ps5 event i think it was that opened the first one with gta 5 as its first game and it's like you can play GTA 5 on the PS3. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a uh, Facebook memory the like couple of days ago and it was a 6 year event ago and it was me down preloading GTA 5 for my PC. It, it came out 6 years ago. Christ. Uh, for PC. And yeah. I just I saw it and I was like, "Oh, that's cute." Uh, <laughs> that's just hilarious that it's uh, and there's no new there's new sequel to it. Yeah. And it's been yeah. like 6 7 years. Yeah. But my question for you both is, even if they get Cyberpunk into a working state, is the reputational damage to CD Projekt Red permanent? Would you would you think twice now, even if they did really, even if they did announce a game later, and the release looked like it was on track, would you be more skeptical before supporting a CD Projekt Red game? I don't think so. I think. Um... Yeah, even though even though I, I heard like PS five and PC gamers like really enjoyed the game. Like every game a lot of games launched with bugs. Um it was just because it got a particular hype pre launch that it was particularly damaging. But I'd i yeah. I'd I'd probably see what they did next. Hmm. Yeah, like I haven't played it yet and like I have been tempted in the last like couple of months to buy Cyberpunk. Um and I've heard from my friend who has it on PC, like there are no it's not that bad on PC. Like PS, apparently console is worse. But I yeah. loved The Witcher Three. I played it three times through. It's fantastic, and I still think, yeah, if they released, if they're like a couple of years time, there's a new game we're bringing out. I'd probably still get hyped about it. And the tagline is, "Not that bad on PC." <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not that bad if you've got a good PC. <laughs> Do you guys not? <laughs> eh, it's a few years old now. It does. It does enough. <laughs> uh, so what else happened this week? Uh, there was an, Nintendo did an Indie World showcase, which is uh, always good to see from a company that even what five, six years ago, well about seven actually, didn't really have a strategy for indie games, and now it it's become quite a hub where you can play really good indie indie games. Uh, whilst there was nothing that really had me going too mad, there was. A game there called There Is No Game. Um, and did you guys, like, in, like, computer labs when, you know, we were school age, ever do those, like, Flash games where, like, 
it would say like click next to continue but there was nothing beneath because you had to actually click next at the top and it was those kind of puzzles oh I thought um, you were talking about sword and sandals I was like hell yeah <laughs> are you talking about like point and click games a little yeah. bit but um it's stuff like from just the trailer of there is no game there's like one loading screen where you just have to tilt the switch and the loading huh. bar will fill up from like getting like the gravity ah uh, that's fun and it's those kind of puzzles that really make well, you think a bit and more. And if you're playing it plugged in, you have to turn your TV on its side. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's um, it's dangerous. Uh, they they I think those bits they'd say handheld mode probably. <laughs> um, but that was pretty cool. And obviously anything that's like co-op, obviously I pay a lot of attention to because I do a lot of co-op gaming around here, around these parts. Uh, and also Fez is being ported to yet another console. Uh, being originally I think an Xbox 360 game so there's that I mean the game's still good so um and now some of the other gaming headlines from this week uh E3 is back uh which seems to have been received pretty lukewarm by mostly everyone aside from the video <laughs> game companies themselves who are obviously more keen and they're going to be you know it's going to be a return of it's all going to be virtual so I expect we're going to have a few days of just all the companies doing their usual kind of video presentations. So there could be, obviously we'll be back to having a few days of like big announcements, but I think largely a lot of the hype from E3, I'm not seeing the usual hype, but we'll have to see when the show starts getting a bit closer. It Takes Two, uh, released recently. This is the new game from the creators of A Way Out, which oh, cool. I'm purely mentioning in my news because Nick and I are playing a way out at the moment on YouTube and you should go watch it right now well actually not right now, listen to the rest of the show then go watch it <laughs> because we've got James and Nick, both Assassin's Creed fans uh, there's a Ubisoft developer who wants to see the next Assassin's Creed game sat in, uh, sat? set in Brazil <laughs> cool Oh, like what, what era though like the might no I don't know much about Brazil, so I don't really want to butcher what cultures cultures come from there. But what what big significant thing has happened like in two hundred years? Like we had Vikings, that's why Valhalla. Odyssey is in Greece, and everyone knows Greece. So this would be the uh, the Incas and the Spanish conquistadors. I'd be up for that. Yeah, yeah. Sounds sounds wicked. I mean, I I love the general direction they've taken with Origins, Odyssey, and Valhalla. Like, those three are fantastic games by themselves, not just, like, Assassin's Creed games. And I'd I'd buy that. Brazil. Mm. I want to go to more... It's nice to be able to go to... Like, everyone knows England. Everyone knows Greece. It would be quite cool to go to different parts of the world where maybe we don't know much about the history and learn about that history while playing an epic open-world RPG. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I don't know much about that era at all. So, yeah, wicked. Yeah. History has failed me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's it's U- UK history curriculum, isn't it? I think we all learned about the Tudors, but that was about it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so much World War Two. Yeah. Oh, my God, so yeah. much World War Two. It's because we won. We don't we don't win. <laughs> we don't talk about it. <laughs> I, I review fans of Naughty Dog games. Uh, cause... Yes, they did The Last of Us, right? Yeah. Yes. In what I'd say is obviously just something from an interview, but it's kind of kind of funny in the way it's um, way it's worded is 
Well, the headline is Naughty Dog wishes it was working on a new Jack and Daxter, but it isn't. Because it kind of implies that what they are working on, they don't want to be working on. <laughs> They'd rather be working on the Jack and da- a Jack and Daxter game. What is Jack and Daxter? So Jack and Daxter is going back years and years. It was a, it was basically um, a 3D platformer from the PS2 era, but it was what made Naughty Dog's name originally. So this is what they worked on before they worked on Uncharted, before they worked on uh, The Last of Us. So it had... I, I remember playing the original, actually, on PS2, because my brother had it. And it was literally, you know, the standard Banjo-Kazooie-esque, ukulele-esque. you collecting a hundred orbs in each area, then you collect the shiny things. The shiny things allow you to progress through the game world. Then the second game became, like, a third-person shooter for some reason. It was crazy, man. <laughs> That's so um, crazy. But it was just uh, the whole kind of... Uh, the, the the wording of the quote just and the headline meant that I was like, eh, that's funny. I want to inst- put it in my news. Well, they're probably working on, what, Uncharted? I'm not sure. I think there seems to be some reports that um, The Last of Us and Last of Us 2 are getting, like, optimised for PS5. So I wouldn't be surprised if that's <laughs> next. I heard they were remaking The Last of Us. Why? Uh, it might be that, yeah. Why? That's a good question. Yeah, it's like no it's not it's not been long enough time for it to really be worth it, surely. Seven years. Yeah, same as GTA. <gasps> I said GTA five. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. What twenty thirteen was? What? Oh my god, it had Last of Us and GTA. What else did twenty thirteen have? I now kinda of wanna see what games were released in twenty thirteen. Assassin's Creed three let's say. Oh, oh, the original, the first Tomb Raider came out. Oh, and Black Flag. Oh, my, that, that was Black Flag. Twenty thirteen was a year, man, for video games. That's actually really impressive. <laughs> like Tomb Raider, GTA, Bioshock Infinity, Assassin's Creed Black Flag, which is probably mostly considered one of the best, if not the best, yeah. Assassin's Creed games. Last of Us, and then some other stuff that no one really cares about. Batman Arkham Origins. Pokemon X and Y. So, uh, also this week, Microsoft is testing the removal of the Xbox Live requirement for free-to-play games. So it means that Xbox owners, if the game is free-to-play, it will be actually free-to-play. You won't have had to play. For, uh, you wouldn't have had to pay for Xbox Live on top. So that'll be interesting. It weirds mm. me out that that's not a thing that's just happened. Yeah, this seems like something that should have just been around from the beginning, but. I'm also not surprised if you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah. I have to pay for Nintendo Online, which is ridiculous. So, although Microsoft uh, have rebranded Xbox Live to Xbox Network, which is um, I don't know what that means. I don't. I don't have an Xbox. <laughs> I I know that obviously there's a lot going to be a lot more connectivity with the PC, so that means that hopefully any any good Xbox games in the next few years will be able to play on PC instead. Kind of takes away the reason to get an Xbox, but. I think, you know, since they make Windows, Microsoft are being a bit smart and being like, we don't care if you buy... It's expensive for us to make these consoles. Just play it on your PC. We get the money either way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think there's two kind of different gamers, isn't there? There's ones that have the whole setup at their desk and then someone wants something as like a home entertainment console with their TV and everything. So I think there's still two different, very, very different oh, markets. Yeah. 
yeah no i think there's still still a market for people to buy dedicated xboxes if they don't have a pc that can play it hmm. but if like one of the main reasons like con- a lot of consoles are just loss leaders when they first release like they they sell consoles mostly at a loss and then they right. make money off the software hmm. so if microsoft can just like be like well let's just make less consoles you know it may not look good on the stats but people just buy the game on their PC that can already play it then we just make the money still I guess I don't know we still make the billions not, and billions yeah. I'm not the business lead at Microsoft <laughs> but you are a financial advisor and a lawyer <laughs> so it doesn't matter <laughs> have you been missold PPI <laughs> 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 Nintendo this week uh, announced they're going to focus on more original IP, which is always a funny thing to read, considering they, at the moment, have a record of releasing one new IP per console generation. So if they increase from that, that would be quite good. Although, saying that, on Switch, we've had, what, ARMS and Ring Fit, at the very least, as two new IPs. So that's, like, more than you got on the Wii, which was just the Wii the Wii brand you know the sports play music mm. etc mm. so there's been a lot of people over the years who've said that Nintendo needs to focus more on its original IP so I'm I'm quite interested to see where this goes because whilst I'm not a big Splatoon player I can appreciate that it has become like a powerhouse IP in its own right like we had what Splatoon 3 was announced uh, a few months ago and that there was a load of people just like really, really up for it, and it has got like a dedicated fan base. So I'm interested to see what comes from this, and it means that we won't like. And also, they've they've almost re-released like every single Zelda in the last few years, so they're gonna have to start doing something different soon. Not that I'm complaining. <laughs> no, and they're making a new uh, Breath of the Wild game, aren't they? Yeah. And Pokemon have even started doing that with Arceus. I don't know if you've talked about the new the two new Pokemon games coming out, but uh No, I'm pretty so sure that, you that was... no, yeah, you haven't <laughs> I listened to the podcast and what I'm saying. I know you haven't. <laughs> that that was whilst the show was off, yeah. That that Pokemon Direct, I actually had the day off just for other reasons. So I, I called actually... my best friend while watching it because I was crying so much of happiness with the <laughs> DP remakes. I'm not gonna lie to you, I was so happy. Me and one of my my friends were sat on Discord because we didn't we thought it was going to be like the Pokemon Direct that came before it that was a bit disappointing because it had like po- Pokemon <laughs> League of Legends was like its main yeah. thing and then when it was actually good we were like I don't know how to feel about this <laughs> um, no, Arceus looks very good um, mm. yeah it looks like it has potential and it's nice that the Nintendo are going away from the formula and actually trying a new different type of po- main series Pokemon game yeah exactly looks- I don't Very mind friendly. like that. It's it's basically a new IP, but they're, they're linking it under a sort mm. of a brand that's recognisable, and I'm I'm totally cool with that. And and you might get a bit of flack for this when I say this, but and in the best region, so you know it's great. We're getting not just one but two Sinnoh remakes. It's great. Best yeah. Region. Well, um, I, well, I never played Sinnoh the first time, so I'm I would be tempted to get the Switch versions if they're um if they're decent. I've heard a lot of people talk highly of Sinnoh. What, Diamond and Pearl? DP and Plat, yeah. They were the first games I actually owned. Like, I played games before then, but, like, Platinum was my first ever Pokemon game I physically owned with a DS. 
and I'm so hyped for this remake because even at its worst, it's going to be a one-for-one remake. Nothing's going to change. And I've played Platinum recently on my DS. It's still a fantastic game by yeah. standards of the games I play now. So yeah, I'm hyped. I had, I had Pearl. Yeah, it was really cool. Was that your first Pokemon gen as well, Nick? No, no, no. Um... Oh no, I think we've we've discussed this. You you had gold and gold, didn't you? I had I had gold. My sister had silver. Um, yeah. And, th- and then I got I I inherited yellow from 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 a friend. Um, so yeah, I yeah I I started with with the very early ones, and then I had the I had emerald. I definitely had emerald. Ha! You 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 call that the early ones? I had red. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I. I, w- I was incredibly incredibly young at the time. I don't think I I didn't beat Red completely <laughs> yeah. until it came out on 3DS Virtual Console like years later. Because obviously, when you play a game when you're like five, you just end up getting lost and doing the same bits over and over. Was I right in saying it, ha- it had just like the one color on those early games? Yeah. So Pokemon Red only had like black and white and then red. No, well, Pokemon Pokemon Red was only black and white. Yeah, I think it's because Pokemon I think Yellow if you had put some like, yellow in it. Yeah, gold, gold, silver, and yellow. I think if you put them in a Game Boy Color, you could get some color. I think yellow had a bit of. I don't know, maybe just the Pikachu or whatever. I can't remember. Either way, that would be a cool art style if they did that today. But I mean, totally impractical. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. very very confusing as well. <laughs> Yeah, and I'm going to be ending as well with um, Nick thought he could steal my ridiculous product of the week, but ha, I've got one anyway. Is You may have seen these screenshots going around because it went viral uh, last week, but have you seen the, the mobile bootleg of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate? No. It fun. is interesting. To, <laughs> I might... I may just drop drop the link to the story in our in our chat so you can. I love bootleg products. I follow someone on Instagram, which is just like, um, yeah, just like cheap knockoff versions of 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 products. Obviously, it's already been taken down off the Google Play Store, but people have captured a lot of screenshots from it. Interesting things. It's got like extra Pokemon in it, and honestly, the one that catches your eyes when you scroll to the bottom, and they've even got. They've got evil Mario as a character. <laughs> Unlicensed Smash Bros. It makes me sad that we can't get games like this just because big companies, even though it takes nothing away from them, because they probably were never going to do this, they just <laughs> take it down. And you're like, why not? Why, why just leave? Why not just leave it up there? Like, yeah. Unfortunately, like for everyone that's really well done and that <laughs> should be left up there, there is like five that would be deeply damaging to like the image of the company if they were left up like games where it's like Mario robs a bank or something like that <laughs> so unfortunately the legal precedent is that they have to take them all down regardless not not that I defend it because obviously I you know I I love playing ro- like rom hacks of old games mm. and those get taken down like, it's um, a bit different to a mod isn't it it's um yeah but yeah. It, it all has unfortunately it all has to be like tarred with the same brush I know Sega have found a way to be a bit more lenient which is I think what all companies should do and Sega even went so far as to there are people are making a Sonic fan game and they just let them make a real Sonic game which is where Sonic Mania came from 
and that's what more companies should be doing really is taking like people that are like this talented and passionate and clearly know their way around their IP and just being like let's work together yeah but yeah this this just looked kind of funny I mean the problem is when you look at the screenshots it's clear it's probably like a microtransaction riddled mess <laughs> um so just like any EA game yeah anyway. <laughs> but still I saw it and I was like and there are just so many screenshots I saw on my Twitter last week. I'm like, this is funny. Got, I have to include this. So, the the release that people thought would never be released, or at least I think at one point me and Nick thought it would never be released, hmm. was Zack Snyder's Justice League, or the Snyder Cut, as it's called. It was a result of a multi-year campaign by very committed fans including billboards and I believe even a plane flew over an event once with like a banner saying mm. release the Snyder Cut Comic Con yeah so mm. now the film has been released um, the four hours are available on HBO Max or in the UK it's now TV and it's alright yeah I thought, it was, I thought it was better than the, the theatrical cut I'll buy mine and seemingly, with its release, brought that campaign to an end. Or so you thought. <laughs> but considering the last 20 minutes of the Snyder Cut are sequel baits for sequels that currently are not in existence, it's uh, no surprise that given the success of the first campaign, the fans are ready to go again with hashtag Restore the Snyderverse, the push to bring back. Zack Snyder for more films so supposedly this is very focused on a handful of things James you can correct me if there's anything I'm missing but according to the Radio Times because I wanted to go somewhere where it was I wanted to see what mass reporting was saying were god it sounds like terrorists the demands of the fans <laughs> but it seems to be based around um, a Man of Steel 2 um, a solo Ben Affleck Batman film the air cut of the original Suicide Squad and a sequel to the original Justice League which can explore the anti-life equation and the other things that were not fully uh, elaborated on in that movie so it's an interesting one because obviously the Snyderverse kind of well, DC kind of were going for the same thing as Marvel when we first started off back in, back in the the golden years of 2016 when everything seemed so much more simple. Even though there was a lot of political turmoil in both the UK and the US, <laughs> it wasn't quite 2020, so it was fine. And that's when Batman v Superman came out, and obviously the plan at the time was that this was building to one one shared universe DCEU but then when that wasn't successful we've ended up with this entire split of films arguably this is what gave us such uh, great films as the Oscar winning Joker and we had Birds of Prey and you know the continuity is now a little less set mm. and actually when I was looking up there are apparently at various stages of production, still 18 DC movies. So my question is, maybe to James, given all that, do you still, like, would you, do you want more Snyder? Um, 
would I want more Snyder? In some ways, yes. Um, I think... I, I mean, when you said Batman, the Batman solo film, honestly, my heart, my heart jumps. Ben Affleck is so great as Batman, but not as Batman, not just as Batman, as Bruce Wayne. And when in 2017, I believe, when we were announced that it was going to get a solo Batman film with Bat- Ben Affleck versus Jason Mangan- Manganello, Deathstroke, yeah. and it's going to be like a raid type Arkham, Arkham Asylum um, type of fit. It's gonna be set in Arkham Sodom, and it's gonna be a raid type film. I love the raid. It's a fantastic film. I was so hyped, especially with Ben Affleck um, writing and directing it. Um, and obviously that's fallen fallen through. So I would a love to see that film anyway. The Snyder Verse. I think it does lots of things well with um, the dark and grittiness. I know some people don't like the dark and gritty, but realistically. Um, you can't always have like happiness, and I liked the down-to-earth, more tone of the, even though there's Superman in it, of the uh, Snyderverse. I I think the just I think Justice League is I think the Snyder cut of Justice League, I think actually found a good balance for it. Mm. Yeah. Because I think the the problem wasn't like the more down-to-earthness, and it wasn't even really the dark color palettes. It was just this the idea that the films just had to be like miserable the entire way through and if you don't have any difference to that it means that there's no real difference. I don't I think very little of it of my problems with was down to in in Batman v Superman for instance my problem was not the visual identity of the film in terms of being dark and gritty it was no the script I think the script and yeah. I thought the script in in the, the new Justice League Chris Terrio and Zack Snyder's Justice League I thought it was a good balance, yeah, as Phil said, and I think Ezra Miller's Flash came across as a lot funnier. Um, in in being less outright funny, he was a funnier character overall. I thought, um, and I thought the script was way less lofty than than if you go back and watch Batman v Superman, where it's all just like if gods came down to the sky, and it's all just like that for two and a half hours. <laughs> Jesse well, yeah. The writers, there are so many writers for um, Batman v Superman. And yeah, I agree. Batman Superman definitely fell full flat because of the writing. And even Wonder Woman, the recent one, 1984, sorry, that writing was a bit iffy. Hmm. Um, I think if we got people who... Zack Snyder still is like, is like the Joss Whedon person behind it all and like directs a few of them. I think we could get some excellent shows. Uh, Su- the Suicide Squad, the James Gunn one that's coming out in August. I've seen a few trailers of that and... A, it can't be as worse as the previous one, so that's always plus. But also, it looks fun. It's got a really all-star cast. Yeah. It looks like they're actually going to run with the theme of it's going to be a suicide squad, and these people aren't nice people. These people are mentally deranged people. And um, for looking at the slate as well, like they were going to make a Green Lantern film, which I was, I'm was i more than happy for. And a Man of Steel too. I enjoyed Man of Steel. I think it was a good film. I don't think it was the best film. But I think when people remark on oh superman's meant to be hopeful it's like well this is his first outing you kind of if you if you start him off as hopeful where's he gonna where's he gonna grow to mm. i feel like you know you start him off a bit grumpy because he's literally the last of his kind xyz you know he's got lots of baggage and over the films you get him to be that hopeful symbol that we know and love him to be i think i would i think it's not dc itself has so many great comics i read a lot of the comics with the new 52 and the rebirth and what they're doing now with their continuity and i think they have such a plethora of ideas and 
a pool of like genuinely fantastic characters. Um, like Ryan Cho was going, who was in the Snyder Cut of Justice League. He, Zack Snyder wanted to do an Atom film with him, yeah. but and I would love to see that. I think we can get an Atman esque film, but done in slightly different ways. Yeah, I think the Snyder verse. I don't think it will be produced. By the way, I I have no doubt in my mind that I'd be very surprised if this ever gets kicked off because I think Warner Brothers are done with it. Well, I think it's it's interesting because um, I'm I'm looking at the Change.com petition at the moment. Sixty two thousand people um, at the time of recording. I, I'm a little sometimes confused because technically the Jason Momoa Aquaman films are still continuing and the and the Wonder mm-hmm. Woman films are still continuing and and a lot of the stuff that that was laid down by Zack Snyder is still kind of continuing. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of the, the crux of what I think as well. And I guess the, my question for you then, James is if what would you be fine if they announced man of steel two, but Zack Snyder was not directing it. Hmm. Would, in this scenario, would Zack Snyder have any dealings with it? Because I, th- I still think it's his character. Like, it is his verse, and taking him out of it would I'm, be... I imagine he'd be exec exec producing. Then, if the director was a good director and who has either got a passion for comic books and super... I think one of the things that Marvel does well is they get people to direct and write the films who are comic book fans. These people who actually have read comics and who have read a lot of the character and know the character very well so they can write and direct for that character whereas some of the stuff that not just Batman v Superman but a few other films have just they just get a good director in and and a good director isn't necessarily going to deliver the character that is comic book accurate well not just comic book accurate but comic book faithful hmm. um, so if it was a Man of Steel 2 with, with Henry Cavill with Zack Snyder producing and a, a writer who actually knows the character I'd be more than happy with that so this isn't necessarily just this isn't necessarily restore Zack Snyder to directing duties. It's it's continue with the continuity that and and mm. the tone that he started the universe off with. But then there's nothing to suggest that Aquaman two or Wonder Woman three, which supposedly is also gonna happen, would be diverging too much from that anyway. So. Mm. That's that's why I end up thinking this campaign won't go as far as because I'm not. It's it's a bit more fluffy as to what their ask is. Like with hashtag release the Snyder cut, it's a very de- very defined goal. It's release mm-hmm. a cut of Justice League by Zack Snyder. Restore the Snyderverse when you've already got some films in that continuity that haven't. They're not going anywhere. They're still getting made. Yeah. It then becomes down to the nitty gritty of well, what does that actually mean? Well, like, in, in in reality, does it just mean another Justice League film? But surely that will be more dependent on how Aquaman two, Wonder Woman three perform potentially than it is anything else, because it will be showing how Gal Gadot and uh, Jason Momoa can still draw people to see these characters. But I don't know. I was going to say, there are five films that are currently like in development, and that is Suicide Squad, which is coming out this year, Black Adam film with D- Dwayne Johnson, as uh, which I'm hyped for, because Dwayne, again, Dwayne Johnson looks like he he says, you know, he's talked about the comics a lot, he's very passionate about his character, which I think is, again, what you need. You need a lead who is passionate about those characters. The Flash in 2022, Aquaman, and then Shazam, Fear of the Gods. 
On that note, uh, Dwayne Johnson has apparently been massively pushing for a, a restore of the Snyderverse, um, and he's apparently a little bit at odds with Warner Brothers at the moment to try and to try and restore it, which which I thought was interesting. Mm. Consider well, considering how Shazam is quite was a departure. Mm. Well, it was a departure, but obviously it still has. Obviously, it's not Henry Cavill because it's it cuts off hair. <laughs> But it still has a scene at the end, doesn't it, with Superman in it? So it still implies it takes place in a world with Superman. Yeah. Like obviously, they could pull something out and be like, "Oh, it's not the same one." But and it is the same suit. Yeah, it is the same suit. Exactly, it is the same vi- visually. It looks like it's Henry Cavill, which is the whole yeah. point. And I, I was quite excited after Shazam because I thought, I thought the two, I actually, I, I'm somewhat on board with Restore of the Snyderverse. It's kind of kind of slightly ambiguous kind of thing because I, I think they could have still had because I think Shazam should be that film what, what it ended up as it shouldn't have been dark and gritty it, it's about a kid yeah. And, yeah. And, and I think that ended up correct and and but and equally why not have have different sort of tones and different kind of directors and stuff and then I have no problem with Zack Snyder bringing all the fun characters into the the sort for the, for the Justice League standalone movies, uh, and, and integrating all all those different characters, even if it's a bit of a tonal shift. I I think I'd be absolutely fine with that. Um, I think the problem now is they don't really know what they're doing as as producers, and there's going to be a Batman trilogy which is in a different continuity. Joker was in its own bubble of continuity and I think it might get a bit confusing if now because I, I want I, I love the look of the um, uh, the the Matt Reeves Batman movie I think that looks fantastic and I, I want that trilogy to go ahead but it might be a little bit confusing if then the Ben Affleck Batman is kind of restored and 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 you start getting standalone but two different standalone Batman films coming out at the same time and and or, uh, the same thing goes for obviously um the David Ayer cut of Suicide Squad. Yeah. Like it is definitely possible that he well, I I definitely believe that he was he was screwed over by executives making that movie and they released a crap cut. But now the Suicide Squad is coming out in August, they aren't gonna risk James Gunn's version over, you know, re releasing the twenty sixteen one. They're just I just yeah. don't see them doing it problem is that throughout all this the executives at the highest highest up point have been blowing with the wind like the thing that really needed and the key difference I guess you could say between how people view the DCEU and the MCU is the MCU is headed up by a producer and the DCEU is seen to be headed up by a director Yeah. so there is no Kevin Feige-esque person on the DC side, because yeah. I imagine people got nervous over at Marvel when Four Two was, you know, bad. Yeah. But, yeah. And you know, Age of Ultron was just average. You know, that Phase Two actually, when you look back at it, was kind of up and down. Definitely. But they um, they they persevered. They and didn't... they trusted in that. They had that producer, that yeah. kind of person who was probably in a lot of meetings reassuring a lot of people and I'm not convinced the equivalent exists on the DC side. And when something does go wrong they kind of owned it as well like they're, they're now like we got a lot of sort of carryover from Thor 2 in Endgame and we got carryover from Age of Ultron in, in WandaVision 
they're yeah. kind of they they're owning their 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 sort of their flops. Um, whereas yeah, DC is just very it's like a fly in a room, isn't it? It's kind of bouncing around between things and doesn't can't quite quite settle. Or also Marvel are giving you reasons not to skip the bad movies in your rewatches. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like true. Yeah, so it's a little bit of that. But yeah, it's unfortunately WB seems to be. And honestly, I'm surprised we haven't seen it more in some of the other franchises. Like, um, I think we, I think we have seen, like, Fantastic Beasts is a mess. Oh, yeah, gosh, but they're yeah. still they're still convinced that there's going to be five films of that, aren't they? Well, yeah. But I also think Fantastic Beasts suffer from what Aquaman will be suffering from is the whole outside the actors and stuff as well, isn't it? Yeah. Like, yeah, people were because with Grindelwald, let's not be around the bush. Johnny Depp and Amanda Heard thing. Yeah. Like, I think, yeah. I mean, I personally, I I really enjoyed Aquaman one. I don't know if I'll go see Aquaman two because it's still got Amanda Heard in it. Um, and vice versa, there are a lot of people who did the same with Grindelwald, and now they're going to be changing the uh, well, Johnny Depp's fine, isn't he? Yeah. So I think those two franchises have also suffered because of actors backing out, like Ben Affleck backing out of the Batman, and um, Henry Cavill's got The Witcher. And I don't know if he's going to re- want to return for. Man of Steel. It, it's interesting, isn't it? They seem to have, um, and again, this I think this kind of I think one thing we've all, regardless of our opinions on Restore the Snyderverse, I think we all agree there is a problem with produ- producing behind the scenes at Warner Brothers because they have had so many issues that just don't really like the biggest thing with with the sort of the Disney Empire was was um, the Gina Carano thing, which was silently pushed aside, and then they had the the James Gunn thing, which was they they made a U turn on because but because it was barely a story at the end of the day. Yeah. Whereas Warner Brothers seem to have just landed in... They've got J.K. Rowling being a nightmare. They had footage of Ezra Miller pushing over a fan. They've got stuff of Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. They've just been off, like shit after shit. Ray Fisher on the set of Justice League. There was some really bad stuff going on with Joss Whedon and... and um, what's his face? The guy that sort of does... Um, Oh, lots of stuff are coming out against Joss yeah. Whedon now. I, yeah. I don't know how to feel about it. Yeah, it's a, it is just a sort of nightmare. Um, and I guess, I don't know, it's kind of weird because you either want them to go one way or the other. Either just hit the, the full refresh button and start start anew with a new continuity. But, but they seem to just really not know what they're doing. Um, it's it's incredible. It, they're just non-committal. They seem to be yeah. waiting for some, I don't know, sign from a greater being. Yeah. <laughs> so as a result, you're ending up with all these different continuities. Some of these films are in the main one. Some of these films aren't. They can't commit to anything because... Uh... Yeah. Actually, <laughs> flippy floppy. I think the Snyderverse was going to do... Not going to come back. They would have to just get someone to produce. Like Zach's, Maybe it is Zack Snyder who doesn't really direct any more films inside of, in his own verse, but he is the producer and he is managing all the different shows. I think that could work. But I think, again, Warner Brothers, I don't know if they'd commit because they just seem very... What's the word? Erratic. Weak, flip, yeah. Erratic, yeah. Too, yeah. They're fan-reactive. And which, to be fair, fan-reaction has gotten to Snyder Cut to be released. So in some ways it does do good, but... You're always going to find people who hate, and I think Warner Brothers are a bit too scared. Whereas Disney, I think, are very firm in their beliefs of people who throw shade at certain films. Like there are people who don't like Endgame, but they don't really listen to that. They listen to the positives, yeah, and they kind of just run with that. Like, yeah, 
if Thor, Thor 2 was a bad film and Suicide Squad was also a bad film and look how the found, and look at the executive reactions from that like you said Disney turned Thor 2 in a 2A they kind of ignored it and now they've brought it back to be a bit more hey look this old bad film we recognise it was bad but we're going to try and still pay homage to it yeah whereas oh, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad they literally made a second one and with, and just called it The Suicide Squad instead yeah. And and even when that first one was sort of on its way to release, it's just it bounced back and forth between. Oh, people reacted well to this particular trailer. Let's mm. re-edit the film to to match this particular trailer. It's just an absolute mess, isn't it? Is um, someone who's just behind it going, no, we're we're going to keep it this way. Yeah, and, and, instead of that. And yeah. and going back to what you were saying about having a Kevin Feige for the DCEU, I remember very early days on the podcast we were talking about. They already had this backlog of the flash and arrow and stuff on tv and they had that was running consecutively while they were making man of steel and batman v superman and there was still this potential of like why not just kind of use what you've already got so you've got a strong start and you're you're not you're not just you're not just you might hit the ground running if if you've already got these characters established you can just go straight in and use it and have one continuity um, because you, Phil, you and I were, were were unhappy at the time because, like, when they did announce that Ezra Miller was cast the Flash, we were like, "Oh, so they're they're running two continuities at the same time." That's a bit annoying and a bit confusing. <laughs> and now it's about five at the same time. <laughs> five. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I agree. I think I think they could have. I think if Warner Bros had been smart, hmm. they would have just yeah, like you said, used Arrow, used Flash, and gotten films of like other superheroes and used the TV. Basically, what Marvel are doing, Disney are doing now. What yeah. they should have done with Daredevil and Jessica Jones and stuff like that is like they should have just integrated that into the films and just made it one universe. Whereas, but even where they have been smart is even with stuff like Agents of Shield, Daredevil, and Jessica Jones. Even that stuff that's kind of not in the core continuity. It doesn't necessarily it could it doesn't necessarily contradict the main continuity. It could still be in that same universe. Mm. Um, I whereas... mean, Daredevil does mention Captain America. Yeah, exactly. In, yeah, they yeah. have action figures and you see the Battle of New York in newspapers and stuff. I think mm. DC is just every... Even the stuff in the same continuity, like Wonder Woman 84 <laughs> I watched, and she's sort of become this kind of pacifist character. And then Justice League, in Zack Snyder's Justice League, she's just splatting people against the wall, left, right and centre. And it's that, like... Yeah, I, I personally, I think where we do differ is like I agree in that the produ- production is like totally off off the ball at the moment. But I think I don't think Zack Snyder's the person to be sort of to take a step back and be kind of logical in the direction of of a universe. Because I think I noticed with Batman v Superman, I think I think he wanted to sort of he wanted to do the Dark Knight Returns and he wanted to do the Death of Superman and he wanted to do that. And I think it's a little bit. I, I don't. I think he's. He's a he's a great visionary director and 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 that really works. But I think you need someone to sort of be a bit patient and and he, he, even though Kevin Feige's a massive fan of the work he's he's doing, I think he's just very good at that at plan like a TV like a TV um, head writer. He's just very good at kind of like pacing out the action. Kevin Feige's playing the long game, just uh, Zack Snyder feels like he just wants to get to he wants Death for Superman, he wants this, he wants this, yeah. right? he wants it all now, and it's like Yeah. You've got to build up to it. Endgame is so fantastic because it's ten years in the making. Exactly, yeah. I th- I think yeah, I think you could find a a, a producer that kind of compliments Zack Snyder 
and they could kind of work together. You almost you you need one of them for the vision and the other one just to slap Zach's hands away from the controls every now and again. Just be like, back. We'll do that but, in the next one. Like we always said with with Russell T Davies and Stephen Moffat. Like yeah. Stephen Moffat was a fantastic writer under the the slapped hand of 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 Russell T Davies. Um, yeah. Whereas you let him off on his own and it's all over the place. No, we can't have three Green Lanterns. Only one. Only yeah. one. <laughs> uh, and I think the only thing, obviously, if you tie in the TV continuity, although I agree, it would have been... I think the best choice would have been just to get Grant Gustin and Stephen Amell into the films. Like, they both wanted to do it as well. There's interviews of them wanting to do it. Yeah. I agree. Um, and um, I feel bad. I don't, Melissa Benesoa. Yeah. I think the only name. thing you have to be... They just have to be careful how they work it in. The one thing I'll note about where I think things are going with um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier and you could almost argue a little bit of WandaVision although obviously the final episode had a lot of stuff to take on board is that I think you'll be able to watch the next movie without having watched any of the TV shows and it still would have made sense because obviously where Endgame leads off with the handing of the shield if the next film he has the shield there's technically no continuity missed. This is a side story of him, you know, erring and erring about it. Whereas yeah. I think you have to be a bit careful that you don't start creating, like, this massive requirement. Well, MCU it's a bit late to not create a massive yeah. requirement. <laughs> but I suppose they still, at this early stage of Disney+, Plus, don't probably want to make it so you have to... It, it may do them short-term harm if they re- have the required reading be Disney plus exclusives for some of the movies yeah and i i think um yeah you're right and and you can pretty much jump on board without having the sort of background reading and stuff when when i watched uh, the, the snyder cut um the the sort of end the epilogue came on and, and my partner looked at me as if to say just like the fuck is going on here and i said like oh well if you watch the batman v superman ultimate edition there's this scene where the flash travels back but it's actually a different version of the future and if you've read the comics then that future is a reference to the fact that <laughs> and it's just like <laughs> what the hell <laughs> like, the yeah. background the background reading you have to do is just i think the nightmare scene would probably have been again it's just we're too much too soon but also i think it's in the snyder cut because i think snyder knows Zack knows that he's probably not going to get this and he just wanted to go hey this was something yeah maybe for a future film then again i because they're just bouncing off in so many directions like joker batman new series this is that and the other i don't see the harm in giving him a hundred million to make a barren desert film and just like i i why not his films his films like objectively didn't make a lot of money like a film like batman v superman should have made more than it did um but then you just scale the budget down. If if, you're, if it's not making the money that you want, you, you, like they need to just say, okay, Zach, make your desert film in the future kind of thing, but we're only going to give you 150 million or whatever. Like how, how scaled down budget? It's like, okay, the Flash. Uh, we don't have the money for the special effects anymore. You're going to be <laughs> just, you're going to be running on the spot of these two lit sparklers against this green screen. <laughs> do you know how easy it is to do slow motion practically, like without any budget? It's, it's... I mean, Zack Snyder knows he throws in too much. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's he throws in too much money. Yeah, like you can do like you, literally, it's as simple as get everyone to stand still and then make him run round them, and then you speed it up. It's really yeah. it's really <laughs> simple. 
Um, yeah, you, you don't need all like the lightning coming off him in all the different directions. Yeah. Yeah, also, that doesn't even happen in the comics. Like, that's too much lightning. That yeah. that's killing people. Yeah. Also, <laughs> him running like this. Oh yeah. His weird. Oh, we can't see this because because we're, we're doing this audio. But yeah, the flailing oh, yeah. arms. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's. I'm guessing that's just because they want to try and make it different to how um they do it in the Flash TV show. <laughs> And why they do it perfectly yeah. I mean the way they need to have him do it is they need to have him Naruto run oh my yes. move his arms yes. out <laughs> 100% would watch that alright is that going to do us yeah I think that's the discussion isn't it yeah. um what do you I think, think I think we're all broadly we're all broadly on the same page I think yeah. it is in that the producers are just what the hell are they doing <laughs> yeah, I'm all for the Sonoverse. It's just, it just needs someone like Kevin Feige behind it all to a slap sack and b just to have like a cohesive story, but a slow, steady burn, not a, not a jet burn. Hashtag slap sack. Thanks. So that'll about do us for another episode of the Cynical Optimist podcast. So we are back with our first show in a while, but we've got an exciting change to how we're doing things. We're moving to doing seasons, and now we're going to be doing all year round, but we're only going to be doing it every fortnight rather than every week so that we can manage it a bit better in our personal lives. But that does mean more Cinecoptimus and less periods where you're looking at your podcast app with nothing to listen to because there'll be more Cinequatomists. Exactly. Um, and in the period, it's not as if we've been sat around in this period whilst we've been off. In fact, we've got so much stuff to plug now that I was saying to these guys before we started recording that my Twitter now has a link tree on it rather than just an individual link because there is <laughs> a lot of stuff. So let's see. You can follow the Hollow Projectors on Twitter at Hollow Projectors uh, for updates about this show and everything else we do. You can follow me on Twitter at HollowPhil, Phil with two L's. You can subscribe to the Hollow Projectors on YouTube for film, TV, and gaming videos. It has the discussions from each episode of this podcast, but it also has other scripted content we've been putting together, such as recently I reviewed Paper Mario the Origami King, and Nick is working on a video about The Mandalorian. We also have the Hollow Projectors Arcade, which is our gaming and Let's Play channel, where our current series is a way out with me and Nick. We've got Shovel Knight Co-op with me and my sister Vicky. And there is a Mario 64 mod video, which I think released yesterday. And we also upload stream highlights and archives there as well. If you want to watch the streams live, you can do so at twitch.tv slash holoprojectors. And we also have an Instagram at holoprojectors. Am I missing anything, Nick? I don't think so. Beggar's Cannon, did you mention that? Beggar's Canon, yes. That's our Star Wars show where we talk about things that were made legends and whether they should be added back into the Star Wars canon. We are... <laughs> how how long now have we been saying, you know, there's new stuff coming? But we have actually... I, I finished writing a script for it the other day. Uh, we've got them coming later this year. Coming January 2021 is what we said <laughs> in the last season. What, was it? <laughs> well, I'm still playing Knights of the Old Republic. Um... So that one's still not... <laughs> that will be a while. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're planning to have them all ready to release on a weekly basis when they're all together, which Indeed. means they're going to take a bit longer. 
James, do you have anything, any Twitters or anything that you want to promote to people? I, I, don't, I don't usually use Twitter. I, I use it to surf, surf the net, but not to post. I have Instagram, though. You can follow me at Urban James. Uh, Urban spelled U-R-B-E-N James, because I've always used that. There's no good reason for that. <laughs> no, no, there's a good reason. No one else ever has it. It's, it's a name. I never have to put ones or twos at the end. I always get that name in any game I play. It's great. Um, I mean, you're you're broadcasting that publicly, so I can guarantee the next time you go to get that <laughs> username somewhere, it'll be taken. <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> uh, so we'll be back in two weeks with another new episode. But until then, take care, stay safe, and I've been Phil. I've been Nick. And I've been James. Thank you very much for listening today. Uh, see you later. Bye. See you next time. Bye. there was like a find and replace for like video editing that'd be sweet yeah or maybe we could win the lottery or something so we could just hire an editor oh shows how the grand scheme no the grand scale of my plans I'm like if I won the lottery I would not edit my podcast anymore (laughs) (laughs) first thing I would do is hire an editor that's dreams I'd get Tesla